0: Out of Bounds, Triple M. But let's take some time right now to go Lower southwest Football League. Now, I know there's no action this weekend in the Lower southwest Football League. It's the WA Day public holiday. Take the weekend off. Good. Players have had a, a good little run of late. So I thought, let's just do something a little different. Let's go to the absolute head honcho of the Lower
1: South oh, Football mate, League. Oh, mate, and I had a little bit of a chat to this gentleman a couple of you days ago, and he really knows his stuff. And we're going to the president of the Lower southwest Football League in David East. How are you, David?
2: Thanks, Um, Al. How are you?
0: Good, mate. Always good. Good to have you on the show. Craney's got lots of questions. i have to sort of hold him back just for three-tenths of a nanosecond. How have you seen the season so far? Seven rounds in, Bridgetown obviously top of the table and going pretty well, but it seems like just about every team, you know, you know, we talk about coaching Up and Boy Up Brook, and they're sort of finding, you know, odd bits of form here or there. They're starting, you know, starting to find uh, that they're getting quite competitive as well. You'd be happy with the first seven rounds of footy so far? Yeah, the first seven rounds have been really good.
2: There's five sides that are vying for a top four position mm. and Cogent Up and Boy at Brook are down towards the end of the ladder. But they over the last few weeks, they've showed some really good signs. So we're just hoping that as a, as the year progresses, um, they'll come up with a couple of wins and I don't think it's too far away.
1: Now, mate, there's a very proactive board down there and you yes. do a great job. Is the board uh, full or do you need um, extra people or
2: how are you sitting with that? No, we need some extra people, Crony. We've got seven positions and at the moment there's only four positions that have been filled, so we're looking for an extra three.
1: And how do, how do people, if they want to get on the board, how do they go
2: about doing that? They just apply to the Lower South West Football League Secretary, Shannon Reid, and she will point them in the right direction.
0: What sort of experience required to be on the board, good sir? Uh,
2: not a lot, We no. As long as you've got a love for football mm. in the area... Um, that's all you need is people on the board that have been there for uh, for a while, so we can just guide them in the direction they need to go. But as long as you've got football at heart, that's yeah, the main thing.
0: I like it.
1: Now, we spoke a bit about umpires a while back. Um, what you're doing down there is a great program. Can you, can you fill people in on um, how you're developing young umpires? Yep,
2: certainly can. What we've done this year through the league is we've employed a transitional umpire, which is in Stephen Hill. And the reason why we've done that is that the Junior Association has had a lot of success in accrediting a number of umpires in the junior levels and they had no pathway to get up into senior football. So the league took upon itself to employ Stephen along with Hayden Rice as our coach and our coach umpires coach coordinator to transition these young guys from juniors into our colts and reserves and Hopefully over a period of time we'll get enough enough young blokes to be able to umpire at senior level at league as well. So um, going forward, it's been very successful to date. I think we've had some very good feedback from clubs um, and it's worked really well and I'm really pleased with it.
1: You said then that the league's actually funding that. It'd be nice, and this is a bit of a bugbear of mine, it'd be nice to get a bit of a support from elsewhere for country leagues and to to develop umpires
2: because it's a major part of our game. Absolutely, That We've approached the footy commission and country footy a few times about trying to help the leagues, in general not just us, but leagues all over the state that are really struggling for umpires. One of the most important parts of our game is umpiring, to help get them on board and get as many as we can in the system so it's not as difficult to get them because it is very difficult to get umpires as we all know and it's an important part of our
0: game. I think at all levels, has been declining, um, and it needs to be um, you know, resurrected in some way. Well, hands up. Who's seen a football game that's gone well it doesn't have an umpire cranny?
1: Well, they don't have no. them. And so, I, look, I I think I'm fully behind, David. Yeah. There needs to be some support yep. coming out from the people who sit in their offices to support the programs like this. Oh, and when you've got a program right. like this that works, yeah. you should be funded. Now, exactly right. Anyway, <laughs> moving off that one, David. Landmark is another coming up shortly. Um, Lower South West have got a bit of a a stand on that one
2: Yeah, we're not sending a side to Landmark this year Um, Over the past few years We've had a lot of trouble getting players to commit To go to Landmark And as we all know The cost of sending a side to Landmark is quite expensive So the league has taken the view this year That instead of sending the Landmark side That we're going to put that money um, uh, into the Colts side So we're sending the boys across to the Great Southern Colts Carnival again this year. This will be our fourth year that we've gone to that carnival. And what we found with the Colts kids, as soon as you mentioned we're going to have a combined side to go away, you get hands put up and, and boys are really keen to go. It's different than the seniors. They're not that keen to do it. So we this year we've, we've left landmark out of it and we're concentrating on the Colts kids.
0: Was that a tough decision to make uh, to not send the senior side or is it the, the financial cost is just a, a real tough thing to swallow?
2: Uh, the financial cost for two days is you know, it's extremely expensive to send mm. as most sides with appreciate. to send these boys away uh, to perth is expensive so it got to a point where uh, you're asking businesses to donate money to not only football but all other sporting clubs through the manager up and bridgetown and, and surrounding areas mm. um, we have to we had to draw the line and say well is that money better spent somewhere else and we thought these young boys are starting off in their football career. We'll give them every opportunity we can to expose them to uh, higher levels. So hopefully they've got a stepping stone to go further with if they want to go with their football career further up the line.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's well worth thinking yep. about, isn't no, it? Saying. Does that open the door for a representative game for the older um, the league blokes against, say, an Albany or a, a Great Southern, or do you just think that representative footy is a, a no-go for the minute?
2: Uh, from our point of view, we think that the representative footy is a no-go at the minute. Until until we get sort the boys to uh, commit, uh, that's the hardest part because a lot of the, we've got boys that are travelling outside of, out of the area, as most yeah. cl- leagues have, and the clubs that have got these boys playing from are very reluctant to let them play in case they get injured, and we understand that. So at this stage, we're just leaving representative football on the shelf at the moment. Now,
1: one of the things I really like about the Lower South West Footy League Board, they yeah. They realise that their clubs are the best asset, Absolutely. and I know you're doing a bit of work to try and get all clubs up viable, and um, you know any clubs that are struggling, you're doing a bit of work to help them out.
2: Yeah, we are. Um, this year, the lower south west introduced the point system, and that system was put in place to help the sides that are struggling, and to try to level the competition off as best we can. We know it's we know it's difficult, but with the, with players getting paid. There was no real cap on the amount of people they could bring into the league as long as they come under the the, um, the amount of money they were allowed from country footy. So we, the point system is a good, good way to be able to even up the competition in that it takes away the value of money and puts it on the value of the player from where they've come from. So with the help of country footy, and Brent Sheridan was a great help to us in setting this up, we set it up this year and, at this stage, we think it's working really well, but it's only early days. Um, as you said, we've got Coes up and Boy Brook down the bottom of the, of the ladder, and, and they're the two clubs who really want to get off the bottom and up yeah. into, the, into the top four. So hopefully after this year, we can have another look at it, and maybe going forward, you may have to adjust the point system so these boys can get the players they need to be very competitive.
1: And one last one for me. I could talk footy with Dave all day. But you know we've um, got to go to the (laughs) footy soon. Waffle Colts is another one. You've got a few kids heading up to Perth to play. Um, You filled me on something that I didn't know the other day. Can you fill Dan and the listeners in on um, how the Waffle Colts actually work?
2: Waffle Colts are are not run by the clubs themselves. So we're affiliated with East Perth Footy Club, and they do not control... The Colts that go up here, it's, it's controlled by the uh, West Australian Football Commission who employ the coaches and people in position. On the Saturdays, they play in the East Perth jumpers, or like East Perth club, but they train separate and they treat it completely separately to the league and the reserves. Um, and we only just found that out probably in the last couple of weeks that this has occurred. And it's a, it's a real problem for the boys when they go to Perth because it's a it's a big step for them to leave the country area and go into the city and I think they really haven't addressed the problems of the boys going up and I don't think it's just from us I think for most leagues where the boys are leaving country areas to go to the city that it's a big step for them and they need help you know that these boys are working they get home from work they go to footy training they get home from footy training they've got to cook their own meals wash their own clothes get ready for work again it's it's not as easy as if they're in a family environment, so I think the Football Commission and through Country Footy, hopefully we can we can address some of these issues so the boys stay there because if they don't enjoy it, and let's face it, that's why they play footy, to enjoy it, they'll come home and they won't go to that higher level and if they want these boys to go further in the footy careers, they've got to look after them.
0: No, they're absolutely right, and um, you're looking after these young players who, you know, would like to get into into the football game for sure. But to to have some sort of, you know, it, it, the tough thing of going up to Perth and trying to fend for yourself at that age is not an easy thing to do. No, and what happens, Dan, is too they get
1: a bit um, disgruntled. That's with that, right. And all of a sudden we've lost yeah. a very good footballers You don't to want footy. to lose them.
0: That's right. that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, um, David, just before you go, um, the hopes for the next sort of 10, 11 weeks of football that's coming up in the lower Sowers Football League, you obviously want to see a lot of competitiveness. Um, I don't want you to, to tip a winning side or anything, but what would you like to see grand final day?
2: Well, at this stage, early in the season, Bridgetown are a, Trend setters. They are a very, very good side. They've been well coached. Um, The committee at Bridgetown do a wonderful job. Stevie Holdsworth and Rick Evans up there, so they've got these boys together. Um, They are the absolute trend setters. And then the other four or five sides below that, it's really anyone. But um, Bridgetown are the team to catch at the moment, and and I think it's wide open for the rest of the, the clubs to challenge them. I think. Yeah,
0: uh, I tell you what, Grand Final Day. It'd be nice to see sort of four or five clubs represented on Grand Final Day, and that is a possibility this season. The way that it's been going so far, um, it is great to always uh, talk to the to the higher ups, David, and for you to be able to uh, spend some time with us this afternoon. Really is appreciative. Of course, lower South Football League with a break this weekend, but back into action at round eight next weekend. So go out and support it. But David, really important to uh, cover a few topics. Of course, we've got the full uh, interview on the podcast, but uh, great to catch up with you this afternoon and uh, wish you the best for the rest of season 2019 good thanks very much boys Out of Bounds with Daniel Leach and Alan Crane. Triple M. Great when we get to the weekend because it means you get to go out to local sport, whether it be local footy, local basketball, hockey, netball, whatever you want to do this weekend. Um, Unless you're in the Lower Southwest Football League because there's no football this weekend. So you know what I thought we'd do. Let's go back to our man who knows just about everything that's going on in the Lower Southwest Football League and get his thoughts on how the teams are going so far. That's
1: a terrific idea, Daniel And also
0: who he thinks might just be their grand final day when we're there calling the game. Hey, how good is that too? I love that road trip. Well, we're going to make that road trip again later in this year and knowing anything, the man that we're about to talk to is going to be next to us as well. Nigel Reeve, hello. How are we going, boys? Going exceptionally well. mate. How are you going to spend your weekend off, by the way? I'm actually taking my nephew's fishing uh, on
3: the weekend, an overnight trip, so I'm hoping the weather will stay the same. So that's my plan for this weekend, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Whereabouts are we heading?
3: Uh, We're heading down to Marlamut Beach, Um, Mm. hopefully not with 100 other people, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Now that you mention it, there will be 100 people. (laughs) That's
0: the drama, but anyway, you've given away
3: your little hidey hole. (laughs) Well, hopefully they stop off at the motocross on the way down and... Forget
0: about us. Well, that's exactly right. Big weekend. man's about 15,000 yeah, going on this weekend. weekend. Of course, you know, lots going on this weekend around that region. Um, let's look at the sides then, shall we? Let's. I want to start with Boy Up Brook because we were talking to, with David East just before, the president of the Lower South West Football League, and it's all about trying to level the playing field a little bit. And we have seen some green shoots from Boy Up Brook and up who've struggled the last couple of seasons. Boy Upbrook, Brook, obviously not a win under their belt, but there's some good signs there.
3: No, they've showed signs and we've spoken about it um, on the course of the program up until now that you know, they've sort of been a bit hot and cold. But, uh, you know, last week, uh, the week before when they played ties, they did everything bar win. But there's mm. some promising signs there and, and uh, they're no different occasion. They've got some really good people there, so hopefully they're on the way up.
1: You get the feeling too. They, um, they know where they're at and they know what they've got to do and, and they're building towards that. They're not expecting quick results, mm. but they want to build a bit of a foundation.
3: And if you know a lot about Boyap and and their history, um, you know, they they do well to get two teams on the park week in, week out, and they've done that for a long time. So, as I said, they've got some really good people. Ryan Lloyd coaching this year, apparently doing a really good job, and they've got some good nucleus of, of young local players. So... They're on the improve, you know, one win could turn into two or three, but uh, no, they're definitely going in the right direction.
0: Let's go the other end of the table, Bridgetown, it's all coming up Bridgetown right now, five and zip start, they're looking very solid.
3: Yeah, and we've spoken about them week in, week out as well, they've got a midfield that can guarantee supply to uh, the power forwards in Jupp and Jetta week in, week out, so um, no, they're... The biggest problem with Bridgetown, I suppose, is to try and keep a lid on it. But mm. uh, look, they're flying at the moment, and early wins meet, meet a line in a 14-game season. So the Ray Masters and his crew up there and to, and to the Bridgetown Footy Club, and even uh, Reserves and Colts as well, they, they're going really well as a whole club. And Steve Holsworth, the president for the last two or three years, has definitely got them going in the right direction.
1: And I see Jordan Jupp had a very oh. quiet day the other day. Oh, yeah. kicked a lazy 12 lazy. goals. That's huge. <sighs>
3: And uh, by all accounts, if he didn't spend a bit of time off the ground, might have turned that into 14 or 15, oh. but we won't go into that too much. But he caught a heavy knock, and by all accounts, uh, from a guy that was at the game, uh, when he come back on he kick five goals in five minutes. So uh, it didn't help Tigers at all. He's uh, missing in action there for five minutes off the ground. But, uh, no, he's a terrific player. Been at Bridgetown for two or three years now, so a great servant for them.
1: I think what, as you said, Nala, I think Bridgetown, what they've got to watch out for is... When you're winning, 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 uh, if you do come under pressure in those finals, you've got to be able to handle that pressure. So I'm sure the coach will be letting those players know that, hang on, we need to do enough to get into the finals and then we've got to win the finals. I would
0: dare say there's going to be a couple of games coming up where they are going to be put under that pressure. So hopefully that is the case and that gets them ready for the finals. But we'll see how that all goes. Uh, Nigel Reeves with us at the moment. This is Out of Bounds here at Triple M. Daniel Leach, Alan Crane over there. And Nigel Reeves on the phone with us. You're all good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, mate. Okay, good. good. Just checking. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, a fi- little chuckle to myself over What a here. surprise that is. Five teams to look at right now. Let's start with your boys, Dean Mill, because it was a bit of a sort of sluggish start to the year, but the last sort of four weeks have been quite positive.
3: Yeah, and you know it there, Dan. They did start very slow, and when you have uh, two or three players coming to your side um, that aren't familiar with the guys and, and the team as such, uh takes a while to get going, but the last three weeks have been... Uh, Impressive, uh, three wins. They've sort of three weeks ago, they were thinking about maybe the four and now they've they've set themselves up nicely to even have a tilt at that uh, first and second spot. So uh, the next two weeks, uh, especially Tigers after the break, uh, could be Cypher um, second spot on the table.
1: I like the way Dean Mill are building because I don't think they have put their full-strength side on the park mm. yet, but they're actually just building into the season, so they're going to become very dangerous, I should yes. imagine.
0: Uh, Imperials, they're two and three at the moment. They're in fifth spot. I feel like they've struggled to get their best team on the park. Yeah,
3: they have, and you're talking to uh, a couple of Imperials guys. That, that is the case. They've got a couple of... Uh, Extra players coming in after the break, so hopefully in the next couple of weeks they'll get their best team on the park. And for the first half last week, they were right up against D-Mill. It wasn't only until halfway through the third quarter that D-Mill started to pull away, but there's some promising signs there. Their coach and Clint Sabaz now does a great job with them, so look forward to improving probably two or three games after the break. We'll see where Inks are really at.
1: Yeah, because they couldn't afford to drop too many more. I mean... Mm. You wouldn't want to drop too far out of that top four, I shouldn't imagine. Okay. Or five. But um,
0: yeah, another side that'll be around the mark. Would have thought so. Uh, let's go to coaching up, because uh, again, one of those sides we talked about that have struggled of uh, the last couple of seasons. But you know, they played southerners the other week and were quite competitive for most of the contest there. And that's what you want to see from a side like coaching up. And boy, you want to see them competitive and then build on that in the next couple of seasons.
3: Yeah, and they're they're probably similar to Boyerbrook. Brook. They've had the win, which is against Boyerbrook, but they've done everything bar win another couple of games. So obviously their new coach in um, Gavin Norris is doing a great job there. And once again, they've got terrific people at the club to keep them moving forward. But uh, that's a big trip down to um, Suddeners or Pemberton to play Suddeners from where they are. So going down by six or seven goals is a pretty good effort. So hopefully they can build on that.
1: What they have done, well, is remember we spoke with Goose? Yes. And all they wanted to do this year was get enough numbers on the track to fill sides. That's right, yeah. And um, they've done that very well. So... You've got to take your hat off to the board and the coaching
0: staff. And as Weaver mentioned there, they've been in contests most of the way. You've got a side that is one and five, yet their percentage is 72 and a bit, which is actually pretty darn good. Like It shows that they're in most of the contests, which is good to see. Uh, Southerners, uh, obviously the win on the weekend, but they've sort of been a little bit up and down so far this season.
3: Yeah, I think they're another team that hasn't had their full team on the park as well, but They'd be probably hurting from um, last year. We're missing the finals. They're a very proud club, uh, the uh, most successful club as far as league premiership goes in our in our league. So um, yeah, it's just a matter of putting wins together. But once they're full teams on the part, they'll be uh, a team to uh, watch out for as the season goes on.
1: I think we're expecting a fair bit out of Southerners to start yeah. with. I think we were we we're putting them up into that top two, and now they have probably got to work out where they are because at the minute they're sitting a bit behind Dean Mill. So. Great contest.
0: I get the feeling from looking on the outside, looking in to Tigers, uh, a lot of people scratching their heads about what happened last weekend against Bridgetown. They got absolutely walloped. Can you shed some light? Because, uh, you know, there were, there were a four-on-one side coming into this and got walloped by Bridgetown by 150. What's going on there?
3: Oh, well, Bridgetown are a good side. I mean, it's yeah. probably not going to be the only team they're going to do that to. This year, we got beaten by 15 goals a couple of weeks before that. So,
0: But are Tigers it, uh, that far off?
3: I don't think so. They probably just had an off day. They're coming up against a form side that, um, you know, as we said, has started as success. So when they get a team on the ropes, they, they'd like to uh, punish them because they've been on the receiving end over the course of the journey, I suppose. But uh, look, Tigers do a great job under Paul Starkey. You get them going. They're, they're a local team, basically ninety nine percent all local players. So. Just a hiccup. The big game is probably after the break, as we mentioned, where uh, Tigers play D Mill, which is uh, a grudge match. Tigers beat D Mill in the first game of the season, so uh, yeah, we'll see how they respond after that beating from Bridgetown last week.
1: Do you know the unusual thing about that Bridgetown Tigers game? Yes, is normally when a side kicks eight goals in the first quarter, they dwindle off a bit and then they end it's up with twelve or fifteen. They didn't do that. Well, Bridgetown went eight in the first, seven in the second, five in the third, and nine in the last. So yeah. That's a that's a huge effort. That's very hard
0: to stop when yeah. a side's got that big a run on. Absolutely. And when, as we mentioned before, when Jordan Jupp all of a sudden comes up with a lazy 12, kicks five in five minutes, uh, it's not half bad, let's be honest. Okay, so we've got the seven teams there. It seems like top spot is almost a lock. I don't want to say it is an absolute lock, but it looks like a lock. Let's, prog- let, let's look forward. Crystal Ball, September. Who are we expecting to see grand final day in reality?
3: Uh, well, in reality, right at the moment, I, I think Bridgetown will be one of the teams. Uh, there's obviously four teams fighting for three spots and Tigers, d Mill, Southerners and Imperials, so, oh, look, I'm not going to pick
0: against the team I played. That's well. a tough so, question so, for uh, you, isn't it, mate? Okay, so, so let's take Dean Mill out of it. d Mill
3: and Southerners, who knows?
0: Yeah, if you took d Mill out of it, is it Southerners, is it Tigers, is it Imperials?
3: Oh, I think Southerners, to me, I've, yep.
0: obviously, I've only seen them once, but they've...
3: They've got some really good players there combined with their local players. So Mm -hmm. the imports that they've got in this year, and um, we've spoken about Wilkinson, and there's a few others as well. Cody Hay uh, didn't play against Dean Mill a couple of weeks ago, so he'll be a huge inclusion. And Tom Collins and and Jesse Rudd, these guys have got to come in. So that'll strengthen their team big time. So I would think you take Dean Mill out of it, which I don't like to do. That Dunders would be the team, uh, in my opinion, that would, would, uh, would get... Be one of the team Yeah, in the I just get the
0: sneaking suspicion, and I don't want to disappoint you, but I get the feeling it's going to be a Bridgetown Southerners grand final. But hey, we'll see what happens in a couple of months' time. What do you think, Craney? Oh, look, anything could happen. I know
1: Bridgetown are kicking cricket scores at yes. the minute, but it is. Once it you, only takes one final to all of them. Once you get to finals footy, <laughs> I mean, it's a new season all yeah. up, and whoever gets in there will have a chance to go at it, but. Um, yeah, I'm sort of like Dean Mill. They're sort of no, sneaking. Absolutely. No, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with a sneaking team, I feel, no. at this time of
0: the year. Nothing wrong with being a little under the radar, which they have been at times. Well, Plus, we... I've got
1: to sit next to Weaver down grand final day. So <laughs> that's a good point. I love
0: that when Dean Miller are playing. And, of course, hopefully he's a little happier come grand final time, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, Weaver, absolute delight, as always, to catch up with you. Enjoy going fishing. Enjoy the long weekend. We'll talk next weekend. Good, good sir. Right, good on you, boys. Out of bounds. Triple M. We've got a great round of football coming up this weekend. Round seven action in the Dale Alcock Home South West Football League. We're here at Triple M. We're going to be out and about at Glen Hewen Reserve tomorrow. It's going to be a ripper game as well between the Eaton Boomers and Donnybrook. We've got a good man who's going to help us have a little bit of a look into it right now, Mr Crane. Well, we have. We've
1: got the coach of the Eaton Boomers in Brett Maguire. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good, yes.
4: Um uh... Yeah, looking forward
0: to it. Mm, As a week, don't you worry about that. We'll get into that game in just a few moments' time. Uh, Last week, pretty good result against the Harvey Bulls. I think a lot of people probably expected that. I want to take you back two weeks, though, because that was the game a lot of people are talking about, top-of-the-table clash, you guys and HBL uh, you look like you you had their number for a little bit, but just escaped towards the final stages. What did you take from that game against HBL? Because I get a sneaking suspicion you may be coming up against them a couple more times this year.
4: Yeah, we're um, you know, first we went over there just to um, you know to see where we we're where we sat in the competition, and you know, obviously they're up and about, and then um, you know, certain stages of the game, they you know, they had control as we did, but. Like I said to the guys after the game, it's more about what we learn, and um, and what you know we learned about that is that we're not far off the mark. It's just um, you know just a few little errors and uh, things like that. So um, you know, and they're a pretty good outfit as we saw on the weekend with a close win over Donnybrook. So um, yeah, no, we're we're just got to tighten up a few things in regards to skills and just our temperament at time. So uh, yeah.
1: Now, one of the things I've noticed, Brett, from the Boomers from this year, from last year, is last year you'd play some scintillating footy for, say, a quarter and then go missing for a quarter. Seems to be a lot more consistent throughout the full game this year.
4: Yeah, we sort of... Um, I suppose just try to keep the team uh, a little bit more um, in their positions and rather than any, any of us panicking and chopping and changing too much. So we try to keep to... Uh, as they say, structures and, and all those sorts of things. But I think the mostly what's been the biggest um, influence in that part of our footy would be the you know just getting some of the senior guys that are running through the middle, plus you know some of the younger guys now uh, all starting to get up to around that fifty game mark, you know. And um, so just one of those things, you know. I suppose it's just a bit of maturity. Plus, I always tend to preach that um, we need to stay calm under under that um, pressure or adversity and then eventually when we get our turn to make the most of it. So I think it's just a bit more of a um, bit of maturity and um, just a pretty good balance across the park now.
1: Now, one of the things that you do do very well, you kick consistently high scores. Any team that's going to take the four points you has you got to be able to have a, a good scoring base.
4: Yeah we're, uh, yeah, we're fortunate enough to have... You know Jared Humphries and, um, and Brandon Jetta up and about, and then when Scotty plays, uh, gives us sort of three or four options up forward, so which puts a bit of pressure on on the opposition. So, um, and it's just yeah, I suppose the amount of footy that we're we're getting through the midfield and all that gives us gives our forwards a great opportunity. That um, yeah, it's a you know like last year we used to get those opportunities, and mostly. Yeah, um, just didn't, didn't make the most of them, you know. So we're this year, we're a lot more efficient with our ball use and, um, yeah, just yeah, skills and everything going up and about. So, um, so yeah, we're yeah, we're fortunate enough to have that scoring power, which puts us a fair way ahead of the pack at times. So yeah.
0: Um, obviously you mentioned Jared Humphreys, Brandon Jedder a short time ago and how well they're going up forward. But talk to us about some of the up and comers that have been coming through. Who's impressed you for those sort of youngsters making their way into the team?
4: Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, it's, where it's been pleased, you know, I suppose this year is, you know, getting blokes back to the club um, that are all in that, you know, early twenties, you know, yeah. so the Joey Batolers and the, uh, Jared Fazio, you know, young Josh Scott stepping up, Mitchell Kings, Nathan McCosker, and then we got uh, young Connor Gadecki out of Colts, and uh, that is into his second year with you know Heath Ryder and Tyrone Window when they they're back. So we've got a big chunk of our team is is very much at 2021 20, years of age, and I've been since I've been out of Eton, I've been blooding those kids in from day one. So which is really. It's really hard to say pinpoint you know any one particular uh, person for the talent because I feel that we've got a lot of good local talent um, and that's you know playing a major part in in um, yeah just in the way we're playing footy so um, so yeah I feel we've got many uh, young talented footballers running through at the moment.
1: Now Brett, one of my favourite players yes. is Steve Jazz. Oh, right back really at so. the Footy Club. Yes. He is just an outstanding footballer. He's been around Eaton for as long as I've known, and it's great to see him
4: back. Yeah, he's um, he's very very much a club person. You know, I think he's played um, 185 games or something like that. So he's been around the club for a, a long time, and um, and he had a year away, and, and I think that was just purely uh, through study and family commitments and things like that. But he's yeah, he comes back and he just um you know just one of those guys with the experienced head that' just uh, you know gives the young guys a lot of confidence and he's he's the one of the things that you know a lot of people maybe don't see is what they do off the footy field and uh he's he's very good to you know mentoring young our young players and giving them some direction and things like that so um and you know every club's got them but yeah i think at times uh, a lot of people don't appreciate the the, um, you know, so-called older players, you know. But, um, yeah, very uh, – held very highly within the club.
1: And with me too. Now, Peter Butcher Cup this weekend. Yes. A very important four points, but I know from experience that each of these clubs will do anything to get that cup in their club rooms for the next 12 months.
4: I yeah, and, um, you know, and I, I know, you know, Peter's connection um, – you know, through Dymchurch was more through the coaching side of things. Where at Easton East or the Cardies, it was um, you know very much as a player, being a uh, you know games record holder and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's just uh, I suppose over the the years, the history of the two clubs, we've both never really had a hell of a lot of success. So then it becomes any silverware is good silverware. So. Um, and yeah, it's just that you know the small town rivalry and all those sorts of things over the years and um and you know it, we both play you know um traditionally tough games and um but in, in uh, you know just in good spirits so but yeah, it's something that we'd certainly love to to get hold of because Donabrook, of uh, as far as I know've had it for the, at least the last three years that I know of, and i'm not quite sure how many before that, so um yeah we'll be doing our best to to get our hands on it, so bring them back home. So, um, yeah, so it should be, it will be a great game. So, um, and and I would imagine on, on our past performances, it would be a close encounter. So, it's just going to mostly come down to who's in front when that siren goes. Because um, I would I would imagine it will be another close one. So
1: Donnybrook are on the Improver. Um, where do you, as coach, think your side will have the wood over Donnybrook come Saturday afternoon?
4: As you you mentioned early on, uh, you know our scoring power is is um, is one of our strengths, but at the same time, their their defensive side of their game is pretty good as well. So then you sort of say, well, that negates each other, Um, and then you got that they've got some good. Quality football is running through the middle as we do. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those games. I, I think that we're across the park. We're most probably fairly evenly matched. And I, and I think at the end of it, the difference is mostly going to be whether, um, you know, I think both sides, both mid, midfields will dominate at some point. But um, I'm hoping that when we dominate, our, our scoring power could be the difference. Um, so yeah, at this point, I, I think that might be the, the you know, the, the the difference between the two of us is if if our forwards get on top or if their backs get on top will be the will make the difference I think. So, um, but yeah, it's very evenly balanced.
0: It's going to be a can't fascinating can't contest too. We, we cannot yeah. wait for this one. This is going to be one of the uh, real top quality contests of 2019. Eaton up against Donnybrook, the Peter Butcher Memorial Cup. And you'll hear it live here on Triple M tomorrow from around 2.30, straight after Collingwood and Fremantle, which will be a good game as well. So you've got one quality game of footy going into an even better quality game of football, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, Brett, an absolute delight catching up with you as always. Thanks for taking the time out to have a chat. And we wish you the best of luck for the game Saturday. No worries. Thank you, guys. Out of bounds. Triple M. Getting close to round seven action in the Dale Alcock Home Southwest Football League. And this weekend is stacked with some amazing contests. Uh, A couple of derbies on the way and a very, very special game. I know that is close to your heart, Craney, and close to the Eaton Boomers and Donnybrook. The Peter Butcher Memorial Cup. We're broadcasting it tomorrow from 2.30 after Collingwood Frio. Eaton and Donnybrook. You love this game, and with right reason. I am genuinely excited that we get to cover this game of yep. footy because, uh,
1: as you said, it has a special spot in. And there's two sides. There's four points up for grabs, but that silverware is even more important to them. Uh, there's no luff lost between these two clubs, and that's uh, that's a gimme. Um, so it will be an absolute cracker. You talked. We talked about um, Lowry's in goal, good goal yeah. kicking form, and then. Um, just lost a the name there for a minute. Darren Humphreys, Jared Humphreys yep. up the front with Brandon Jetta. Josh Bow running around the middle against yeah. At Howe. And to add a little bit of spice to it, there's quite a few ex-Eaton Boomers boys running around yeah, with the exactly. Donnybrook Footy Club. And I just love the contest. I you know, get excited talking about it because the crowd gets into it. The adrenaline will be, be pumping in the commentary box, and I guarantee I kid, that.
0: I kid you not, Craney has been talking about this game for the last three or four weeks, and I have no dramas with that because I know – And I, I I might want to touch on this a little bit later on about uh, Peter Butcher in particular because he was a much-loved character at both clubs, Donny Brook as a coach, and obviously the Eaton Boomers with what he's done. But uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this, and uh, it should be a great game. We'll talk more about that game, obviously, mm. tomorrow um, – Uh, At 2.30. The other game that's going to be happening while we're on air is going to be the Collie Eagles and HBL. You'd suggest HBL will go in strong favourites in this one? Yeah, you'd think so. They've done
1: everything right so far. So they wouldn't want to let one slip like this. Um, Collie have just won the one for the year. So, you know, they'd have to out of their skin to get over top of this. But you never say never, do you? No, no. You know, if you're, right. if you're a side, you're putting 22 out against 22. So they'd go in very optimistic about this. But, gee, HBL are looking a very powerful unit.
0: Uh, and then Saturday Twilight, Kerry Park taking on the Harvey Bulls at Kelly Park. This will be uh, a game that Kerry Park will probably be trying to pencil in, I'd have thought.
1: Yeah, well, they need to. And if you look at the latter, oh. I mean, if mean, if Eaton happened to knock over Donnybrook, could, which could happen, Good. and Kerry Park beat um, Harvey Bulls, they they'll move in. back up into the five and Donnybrook drop out. That's so right. it's it's one that they need to win. They got a bit of a, a, a talking to last week, but they should bounce back, and they should bounce back very strongly. The worst
0: thing that could happen to them is Donnybrook win and they, lo- and they lose Kerry Park because all of a sudden they're a game and a whole bunch of percentage yeah. outside the top five. But well, they're almost a game just in that percentage exactly. bit alone outside. Two Sunday games, a lot on the line. Uh the southern derby between Bustleton and Augusta Margaret River, the Bustleton Toyota Cup happening Sunday two twenty. Yeah, well this is
1: just about Bustleton's roll of the dice, isn't mm-hmm. it? So and Augusta Margaret River have a real chance to consolidate their position in that in the top probably three. Yeah. So look there'll be no love loss between this one either. I think Augusta Margaret River might just to the way they're travelling. I
0: really hope we get to see Bustleton at their best, and if they do, they can push Augusta Margaret River a fair way. Um, you know, we, I touched on Dan McGinlay before. You know, he's building into uh, his season. I would dare say, but there's some good talent in that Bustleton side, and if they can all put it together against Augusta Margaret River, who knows? That could be a very dangerous game.
1: And the key to Bustleton is to stop their ball movement. Yeah, and that's applying pressure on them. If they are allowed to run, Bustleton are as good a side as any in this competition. Uh, the way they move the ball and moving the forward so I should imagine Augusta Margaret River will be applying enormous amounts of pressure.
0: And then Sunday 2.30 Payne Park, Bunbury, South Bunbury, the Dale Allcock Homes WA Day Derby. Yes it's on Sunday, not on Monday this year but anyway that's a different story. Um, Bunbury seem to be in third gear.
1: Bunbury? Yeah Yeah, they are definitely lifted up at Cog and Mm. they'll be very keen to continue their progress through um, to what's been a bit of a Bit of an ordinary start to the season for them. They took a while to actually get the cogs going with that, um, you know, losing the four points in that first game. But yep. I went out to the bunbury Bustleton one, and I know Nani had got right oh, into boy, the boys yeah. saying, look, our season's starting to look a bit ordinary here, and he's, um, and he's cranked it up and cranked it up. So th- no matter where these two sides on the ladder, they always put in a terrific contest, um, so it'll be a ripper.
0: It will be. Uh, if you're going to the footy this weekend, make sure you take some spare change with you. Uh, at every venue this weekend in the Dale Alcock Home Southwest Football League, uh, they are raising money for Triple M's Give Me Five for Kids, which is raising funds for the Fun on Four section at the Perth Children's Hospital. Uh, if you're near the bar, if you see the umpires going around with the tins, if you see one of us at Triple M going around, make sure you put some spare change into the tin. And it it's great to have the Southwest Football League giving us some that support this year.
1: And to everyone out
0: there. When you go
1: and buy three cordials, just pretend you're buying four and put another $5 in that tin. That's That's an easy scenario. Surprisingly,
0: Craney would actually come up with that because I feel like he would (laughs) not, not skimp on a fourth cordial. Out of Bounds, Triple M.